0: You know that scene from Mission Impossible with Jeremy Renner, and he has to go down like floating with magnets over that little thing and uh, into the computer room, and everything's super uh-huh. hot. But they have to turn off the fan. Yeah, and, yeah,
1: and he's he's the sweat droplet. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I am currently in that room. I've turned off all my fans, <laughs> and it's only a matter of time until I burn up. <laughs> so let's do this quick. Burnt, 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 burnt. <laughs>
1: Welcome to episode 361 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin.
0: And I'm Marshall Bach. Welcome back for another episode. Brian.
1: You know what I feel like, Marshall? I feel like we're in the drought of interesting episode numbers. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like 300 was the last interesting one. Because even 350 is not that interesting. So I just feel like every week I'm like, ugh, 361. That's kind of not interesting. It's like not memorable. It's just... It's like we're passing through these valleys of just dry episode numbers, Mm -hmm. reaching for that oasis that will be episode 400. I guess 384 will be like a sip of water, but 400 is going to be nice.
0: Uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, after after Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving and Halloween and all that stuff, you have like all these holidays back to back and then you hit January <laughs> yeah. and it's like Valentine's uh-huh. Day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boring. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyways, that's us. Let's, let's dig in. Uh, huge shout out to Float. Float is supporting this week's episode. It is a resource management software tool for planning your team's time across multiple projects. Companies like BuzzFeed and MetaLab, you've probably heard of, both use Float to plan and track hundreds of projects more effectively. You can learn more about how BuzzFeed and MetaLab are using Float at float.com slash who uses Float. And that's with hyphens. We'll just have a link in the show notes. Uh, Otherwise, you can just go to float.com slash design details, no hyphens, to learn more about Float in general. So thank you for supporting the show, Float. Thanks, Float. We also have some new very important pixels this yeah. week. Huge shout outs to Jaden Tran, Jordan Jennings, Brandon Height,
0: Drew Rozier, and Tal Cohen. I'm glad you didn't call him Brandon Height. I
1: was I was going back and forth on heat or height. height.
0: Yeah, I think it's height. I was making a joke about how some people say height, like as if there's an H at the end of height. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> When people are like, no, it's yeah. height and width. <laughs> height. Uh. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Brandon Height. <laughs> That's one. Thanks, Brandon Height. All right. Height. If you didn't know, we are a listener-supported podcast. People send us dollars every month, and that supports uh, the show. It lets us buy software, pay for all of our subscriptions, and uh, supports us putting in the hours every week to get this thing produced, edited, and shipped. If you want to support the show, we would really appreciate it. You can go to patreon.com slash design details and you can start for just a dollar a month when you subscribe you'll get access to a new bonus segment in every episode called the sidebar and you'll get access to the whole backlog and all future sidebars the sidebar is basically like a cool things or a extra bonus listener question or a design story from one of us Uh, just like an extra five to ten minute segment sometimes longer
0: yeah Often longer.
1: <laughs> but it'll all be design-related. So consider it like an extension of the normal episode. So if that sounds interesting, uh, we'd really appreciate your support. That's at patreon.com slash design details. All right. We have one tweet I wanted to call out before we get to our main topic today, Marshall. So uh, listener Sanketh on Twitter has been building a cool things website. Yeah. Like it started out as... Uh was it an Airtable or a notion uh, it was a table. notion
0: uh well, I said the Airtable, but yeah, both I think
1: it has been curated and organized, and it is now a website. we're gonna have a link to this in the show notes, but it's cool things design details with hyphens dot webflow dot i o and it is a backlog back to episode three hundred and forty one so twenty episodes in pretty solid start, and the website's nice and clean, but it's been it's been developed like like I said, it started. I think last week is a Notion and now it's a website. So this thing is progressing. And this is something that you and I wanted to do for a long time. Yeah. And we've been too lazy, I guess. So, uh, Senka, this is awesome. Thanks for putting it together. We'll have a link in the show notes for people who want to browse past cool things.
0: Yeah, this is rad. Dig it.
1: All right. Let's get into the main topic. Do you want to kick this one off since uh, you messaged me about it this week?
0: Yeah, I was just thinking about how much I like working at YouTube and and the difference it makes when you work on a product that you actually use every single day and that you feel very passionately about compared to when you don't. And I've been in both worlds before and it, it is a striking contrast.
1: You want to know? My confession is I've never worked on a thing that I don't use myself. That's great. Which... I guess not everybody could say, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So, well, on that note, maybe we should get into the pros and cons of this because yeah. there are a lot of pros, uh, but I think there are quite a lot of drawbacks to working on things
0: that you use or are a power user of uh, on a day to day basis. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's it's easy to think there's only good things that can come from working on something that you love and use every day, but uh, actually not. So, yeah, but we'll, we'll talk about the obvious stuff first. So, first thing that comes to my head is it's. Fun and easy to get excited about working on a thing that you use every day. Um, There's no effort required. You don't have to force yourself to be interested, right?
1: Yeah, this is the big one, right? It's the most obvious Mm -hmm. one. Like If you work on a thing that you like using, it feels like you wake up every day and just go play because you're so inherently motivated to solve your own problems that you experience when you use the tool that you love to use, Mm -hmm. right? Or Or especially like that your peers, if, if your peers are also in that same group, like I imagine a lot of your peers love YouTube and a lot of my peers love using GitHub. like they're all developers on the side, and they have problems and it's fun to solve problems for your friends and for your coworkers and be like, "Look, I saw that this thing sucked. Uh, I fixed it for you." And it's like such a tight, close feedback loop that's really, really rewarding.
0: Yeah, like you said, when you feel like a user, it's a lot easier to encounter the real actual user problems that your users encounter on a maybe daily basis. So the empathy thing comes naturally.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think that's going to be interesting when it leads into the cons. But yeah, there's certainly a pro to going through flows every day and you can start to identify oh this thing broke because i used it yesterday and then i tried it today and it works differently or something is incorrect so you're just so close to the product that you can spot a lot of those things a lot quicker and have a faster sort of loop of fixing and shipping things Mm -hmm. and you know when you use a thing and do that every single day and like start touching every part of the product you become a power user and becoming a power user is a lot of fun. Like, you know, all the little tricks, all the, the shortcuts, the, the little hacks, the keyboard navigation, I don't know, like all these little things you figure out how to use over time. And it sort of is a virtuous feedback cycle of, oh, I'm getting better at using the thing. So I'm having more fun using the thing because I can do it more effectively or navigate more quickly or, yeah, like unlock all these little
0: things. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this goes back to the first point, but well, one of the things that I always find that hasn't gotten old for me is like they, they're they're letting me work on this thing. Like I get to work on the thing that I that I let you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I'm they gave me keys to the castle. Like do they know? Um, <laughs> And that's just a really cool thing. It's like being a, a kid and getting to work at Chuck E. Cheese or like you know D- Disney World or something like that. It's like wow, they let me in the door. So yeah, that's that's the thing that it doesn't feel the same way if you if you don't care about the thing like yeah anybody could work here. Like no, no, they. I, I feel special being given the the chance, the opportunity. And then once you're there, it's a lot easier to stay there at the company because your work time, like you kind of mentioned earlier, work isn't really work when you enjoy it, and that actually adds to your quality of life when. You're never really working when you're always kind of having fun doing the stuff that you get paid for. You're just a happier person. Work doesn't feel like work. It's all all just play. It's not that we're
1: saying it's not possible to have all these things working on a product that you're not the user of. Like I imagine there's something very fulfilling and rewarding about working on like certainly in in like medical technology, like those kinds of fields where you're perhaps not the end user on a day-to-day basis, but the people who who use that and you get to talk to like really make this thing rewarding. Yeah. But certainly uh, it seems like a very high likelihood that if you're working on a thing that, that you do use, yeah, you, it could lead to a higher, potentially a higher quality of life overall. Like you don't have to have this hard distinction of like, oh God, got to go clock in, <laughs> yeah. and like do this thing Punch that my I card. Don't really care about. Yeah. For people who I don't know, for people, Solving problems that I'll never experience, like yeah, that could get demotivating. I would assume. Yes. <laughs> Should we talk about the cons? Because I feel like every single thing we just listed is just one side of a coin, and mm-hmm. you can flip it and, and expose some of the
0: problems with all these things. Yeah, the and this the second list is far less obvious.
1: Okay, so first, when we were talking about being a power user and like knowing all the flows and sort of tips and tricks for using a thing. I think there's a very real danger of losing sight of what are problem areas, what parts of your product are confusing, what sucks for a new user, and like how the company should be evolving over time like as markets change. I think it can be easy to sort of lock into what you're used to, the thing that you've loved forever and have used forever and have built and contributed to. There's like this really deep, real investment that might feel harder to change because you're so connected to it. I I think especially like as you become more and more of a power user, it can become harder and harder to identify or even remember what it was like to have signed up for the thing and have gone through Mm -hmm. that new user experience with all the empty states Mm -hmm. and all the creation flows and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like this is so real on GitHub because once you start using GitHub, you have repos and you have notifications and you have issues and pull requests you have like you have shit to do right but when you're a new user you don't have any of that so really the problems are very different the the mindset of people is very different and over time i think it can be easy to lose sight of some of those things
0: yeah uh when's the last time you went through the sign-in flow on something that you use every day like how often do you sign out yeah. of something you use every day right so exactly also Once you become a power user, you kind of get dug into a groove of the parts of the product that you use, and you don't use all the parts of it, right? The more specialized you become in in using that thing, the more likely it is that there are going to be more and more corners that you never touch.
1: Yeah, especially just flows. Like I feel like quite often you'll encounter an awkward flow or just a poorly designed flow, but you go through it once, and then you kind of get used to it, Mm -hmm. and then you kind of build muscle memory around it. And then you kind of just accept that that's the way it works. Yeah. And if you get stuck in those, like like I said, those grooves, uh, it can be hard to bump out.
0: To be fair, your actual power users who don't work at the company and aren't designers, they also get stuck in those same grooves and are, are just as unhappy with having those grooves changed. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, th- exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's true. That's true.
0: And they're very loud. Uh Here's another thing. So at first it can be great, but maybe you get oversaturated and eventually you stop liking the thing itself. If you start blending your work and your pleasure and everything is just that product all the time, like you can start to resent it a little bit.
1: This is so true of any service that has uh, notifications, which at this point is most of Everyone, them. Everyone, yeah, yeah. But like I remember working at Facebook when when you joined, it's fucking awesome. You're like, Oh my god, like I've used this thing since I was in high school and like now I get to see behind the scenes and like see how it's made and oh my god I'm getting notifications about new products coming out and all this cool shit uh, and then like three months later when you're at home in the evening and you go to facebook.com and you just like want to see what your friends are up to and you go to the notifications bubble and it's just work shit <laughs> like, oh my god so they had to build an entirely separate product so they built Facebook at work where you could have like a work profile but it was a really big problem for people who use Messenger, who use Facebook and all these things that their notifications overlapped and you literally couldn't escape. Like when you were just trying to talk to a friend, it was sitting at the exact same place as uh, a conversation with a coworker. Mm. And the same thing exists at GitHub. Like people who maintain side projects on on the weekends and, and just use GitHub for fun, those notifications are in the same place as your your work notifications for for us internally. Mm. So yeah, like it becomes hard to shut off, right? Like if you want to use the thing in a mindset of relaxation or pleasure, or you're doing something just for yourself and you're getting those flashes of, oh shit, that's the thing that I have to do for work next week. It sort of blends that work and pleasure and it could maybe start to develop into resentment for the thing. And maybe you stop using it as much because you know that when you open it, it might uh, induce some anxiety or, or stress. Uh-huh. I think, like, one of the other dangers too about just looking at the same thing every day is I think it can become harder to identify opportunities that would sort of leapfrog the current product. Mm. So to identify, like, really big areas for innovation or or new product lines or things that would change the business in a fundamental 10X. way. Yeah, I suppose this could happen anywhere. But certainly if you are a power user and you love a thing and you're, this is the way it's always been, you can really risk becoming a stale product because you can't innovate, you can't refresh yourself, you can't rebrand yourself, you can't keep up with like the ridiculously fast pace of the industry. I think that's a risk that's worth keeping an eye on and hopefully you have enough clarity to identify when that's happening or you work with great leadership and and product people who can sort of stay out of that loop Mm -hmm. and, and really look for new product areas or market opportunities. But I would just call that out as a risk. Yeah,
0: it's definitely another groove or another rut you can get stuck in for sure.
1: You know, I, I mentioned at the beginning, I've only worked at places where I used the thing. So I buffer to Facebook, to Spectrum, to GitHub. Like at all these places, I used the thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm becoming a better designer. But I am also feel like I might have missed a lot of opportunities to really grow in the capital D design process of working on problems that i will never experience for people who i might not know you know they might live on the other side of the planet and i would never like sit down with them and talk to them like i imagine that actually develops a lot of different skills than what i have like Mm. probably forces you to become a much stronger researcher or or data analyst like different kinds of things that you don't need maybe as much of or, or you're not forced into a position where you have to really go deep on those if you have strong opinions about the thing because you use it every day or you have taste because you use it every day mm. i don't know do you agree with that do you think that there's a potential of hampering skill development
0: for sure yeah anytime you specialize in something and get really deep down the rabbit hole you block yourself off from other opportunities yeah for sure
1: I've never worked at an agency, but this is the one thing that I feel like I am jealous of people who work at agencies about is they have to do start this process over and over again mm-hmm. with all kinds of companies, all kinds of industries, every kind of problem with ridiculous constraints and 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 time restrictions. I can just only imagine like those people who work at agencies for long periods of time just... Get really fucking good at this cycle because there are all those constraints, but also they just know how to solve. Any kind of problem, not just problems they're familiar with.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I would love the times when I'm working on something I'm interested in, and loathe the times that I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's the trade off, man. Yeah. That's like this is
1: literally the trade off. Is do you want to work on lots of cool stuff, but sometimes you have to work on stuff that you don't give a shit about, or do you want to work on one thing for years and years mm-hmm. and
0: years? I guess the silver lining on that cloud is that regardless of what it is, it won't last long. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Nothing's permanent, Brian, good and bad.
1: Well, that brings me to the last thing that I wrote down for a con is okay, this sounds like a good thing. But I think if you work at a place where you love the product, it can make it hard to quit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing because, you know, you want to stay at a place for a long time and build relationships and build expertise and, And develop a respect and reputation, so you can build things faster and work with people more easily. But I would say the flip side of that coin is this feeling of being trapped at a place. Like, I guess if I were to phrase this in my head, it would be like, "Where else do I go? (laughs) Like, what else do I love working on this much Hmm. that I use this much? Like, what are the alternatives? Hmm. Uh, What what other companies could provide this same day to day experience? Yeah, I think." there's certainly a danger there of just maybe feeling trapped. Like, yeah, what else could I do? Cause there's not that many products that everyone uses every day. Right. Golden handcuffs, right? Yeah. Golden handcuffs.
0: Yeah. Gosh, I hadn't thought about it and I plan to never leave. Uh, They have to fire me, but um, yeah, where would I go? I don't know. I don't know of any product that I care about as much as YouTube. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. Anyways, Maybe a way to wrap this up is, do you think you could ever work at a place that you don't love the product again? Now knowing what it's like, do you, do you think you could ever move or do, do something that you don't absolutely love? If I were to
1: rank, I mean, there's so many factors that go into a place you would want to work at, right? There's like the people, the product. Compensation. Uh, compensation. Location, yeah, Location, yeah, yeah. I would say my order right now probably goes location (laughs) people product compensation i think people and product are like maybe at the same level because like i think i could deal with challenging people if i love the thing and conversely if i don't love the thing but the team is just fucking awesome and like we just have a bunch of fun building stuff that feels like a really good trade-off to me and then location like i just don't know (laughs) I, i like working remotely. So yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't know. How would you rank that? Probably similar. I might put product over people, but yeah, I mean, I own a home. So uh, you know, that's, that's restricting as to where I can actually go to. But yeah, I think, I think I would rather work with jerks on something I love than work with angels on something I hate. I don't know.
1: Interesting, interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I haven't experienced that. This yet, is it good? So would we? I, would you rather? Right? Oh, okay. Let's make it that. So, tweet at us. Would you rather work with people you hate on something you love, or work with people you love on something you hate? Mm-hmm. Tweet at us. This we can be, we can make this a poll too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's do
0: cool things and get out of here. Okay, Brian. Yeah. I want you to close your eyes, listener. Close mm-hmm. your eyes unless you're mm-hmm. driving. Keep your eyes open <laughs> if you're driving. But uh, okay. Close your eyes. All right. Uh imagine this. It's the eighties. You're in a back alley at night. There's a rain soaked pavement with n- reflecting neon. Now now imagine the music playing over this scene. All right. Lots of synth uh-huh. driving yeah. beat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. This is the music of Robert Parker. So uh, it's basically like cyberpunk music, uh, if you're into that kind of thing, which I very much am. Uh-huh. And uh, it's kind of perf season right now, so I've got a lot of writing to do. So it's great background music if you're not into normal EDM, but you still need something without words so you can write words. Mm, okay, so, okay. But anyways, yeah, so like he's on iTunes, uh, Apple Music. I'm sure he's on Spotify. He's got a band camp and all that stuff. So uh, check it out. All of his latest stuff is like that neon, like pink and cyan outrun vibe, you know.
1: All right, I have found Robert Parker on Spotify. I'll give it a listen. I don't think I've ever heard of this person.
0: This is a club great club 70- seven. I, I hadn't either. Right. I was only introduced tangentially through other things.
1: Yeah. He's been awesome. Yeah. You were saying club seven Oh seven. That's the, I think that's his newest latest album. album.
0: Yeah. But like, look yeah. at the covers of these albums like that. Is that kind of what you had in mind when I described? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Purple, pink and that kind of typography. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And like cool, like eighties sports cars with like hard angles. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Mm hmm.
1: Mm hmm. Lovely is this our f- no we've done music on here lots of times okay yeah i guess it's just been a while Billie i feel Eilish, like we've been in yeah. the tv show movie youtube series kick on on cool things for a while mm-hmm. speaking of which <laughs> uh, my cool thing is i'm late to the party on this maybe at this point everybody's watched it but my sister has gotten her family to watch the last dance which is mm-hmm. a series like mini series on netflix i think it's 10 episodes and it's about the last season of the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan and Six P. Uh, yeah, mostly focusing on Jordan, but each episode also is like kind of digging into teammates. And I'll say up front, I think I'm halfway through, so I haven't finished this. Okay, but it's good so far, and I yeah. would recommend it. Um, I don't like sports. I don't <laughs> give a shit about sports. I just stopped caring a long time ago, mm-hmm. but I still respect the hell out of really good athletes and. Sure watching this michael jordan like he just defies physics and defies logic about how anyone can do the things that he does Mm -hmm. so fucking good so i find it inspiring in that way and it's a fun watch and uh, so yeah even if you're not into sports you might want to check it out at least give the the first episode a watch and, and see if you like the flavor
0: yeah, I I might be the only other person on the planet who hasn't seen this yet, uh, but I keep hearing positive recommendations of it. But.
1: Well, that's because you and I are the same in this regard. Uh, yeah, like, I don't give a whole just bunch of don't shit about sports. Give a shit. <laughs> yes. but
0: I I do recognize Michael Jordan is like one of the greats, right? Like I I it, that was the era that I was young and growing up. And I remember, I remember that run. I lived in Illinois during that run. Right. Mm, so like, yeah, Chicago was my team. Right. Even though I didn't really care about sports and I wasn't a sports kid or anything like I still still felt, your team. <laughs> well, I still felt something like, oh, that's they're from my state. Right. Like, they're, And they're winning like the, the best team is from my state. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I I enjoy watching these kinds of things about people who have basically become institutions. Like Michael Jordan is, he's like more of an idea yeah. than a person, yeah. which sounds super fucked up. So it's, it's fun to watch conversations with and the backstory of the person and like really try to imagine that this is a human being doing these things, experiencing these things rather than Michael Jordan, the institution, the brand, the monolith. The, the na- yeah, like there's this really weird. I can't even begin to fathom what it'd be like to become that. Mm-hmm. To just like you are an idea. You're like an object and less of a an individual. It's so fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. You can see just the way the public interacts with him. It's just like less of a human. I guess this is maybe getting into like how all celebrities are like, yeah, celebrities say, of that level feel, yeah. but. Fuck, man. I mean, he's like next level of the next level. He's that big. It's so wild.
0: Mickey Mouse levels of fame.
1: Yeah. Like everybody on the planet knows Michael Jordan. Yep. It's
0: crazy. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, well, thanks. Cool things. Cool yeah.
1: things. Music and a show. All right. Well, this has been episode 361 of the Design Details podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, let us know. We're on Twitter at DesignDetailsFM. And of course, if you are enjoying the show, please consider supporting us. Your support makes this show possible every single week. You can do that starting at just a dollar a month by going to patreon.com slash design details, and that'll get you access to a bonus segment called the sidebar in every episode. Today, we talked about coming up with hypotheses when working in broad problem areas. So thanks, Divya, for the question in this week's sidebar. And once again, that's patreon.com slash design details. Otherwise, if you need more podcasts, go to spec.fm. That's our podcast network for designers and developers just Just like like you. you. Otherwise, we'll catch you next week.
0: Bye-bye. Uh, you know what's funny is every time at in, during the outro when you say, this has been episode 361 of the Design Details podcast, I expect you to say, I'm Brian Lovett, and I'm ready to jump in with, <laughs> and I'm Marshall Bach, welcome back for another episode. Oh, fuck no, it's at the end of it.
1: Dude, you know what we should do? All right, here's, what? What, here's the plan. We're going to end every episode the exact same way that we begin it. That way people can just throw that shit on loop. Just loop it. Yeah. And listen to us forever and ever. And ever. And ever. And ever. And ever. uh someday someday we'll we'll get that outro in (laughs) just repeat it get a clean clean loop Mm -hmm. you know you know albums where it's a clean loop those are fucking
0: awesome that's what i'm thinking like transatlanticism that's one of my favorite ones that does that oh i don't know about that one uh death cab for cutie transatlanticism the one with the kind of tan background with a crow on it
1: uh Yes. Okay. Actually, I can't say that I've listened to this all the way through. So here we go. Well, it's
0: it starts off with the sound what, what I imagine as the sound of the road under the tires on a on a tour bus, right? It's just kind of this hum in the background. But uh-huh. that's how the last song ends is with that same kind of hum.
1: Ah, uh, that's nice.
0: Yeah. So if you put that shit on repeat, it like it never ends. It's just, it just seamlessly goes from the end to the beginning. Beautiful. You know that scene from Mission Impossible with Jeremy Renner. And he has to go down like floating with magnets over that little thing and into the computer room and everything's super hot, but they have to turn off the fans.